0: This is To Be Discussed with Cuff and Gurr, a show that proves that different political opinions do not have to end in feuds and the breakdown of friendships. My name is George Cup, and I'll be joined by my co host and political opposite, Callum Gurr. Good evening, everybody. That's right, George is a hardline Brexiteer
1: and true blue conservative, whereas I'm a Lib and Ramona. But despite these different standpoints, we are still good friends. Tonight we'll be asking Will China overtake US has the world's biggest power? Which of these new party policies is your favourite? And finally, would you want to become famous with each of these discussions being accompanied by polls which you have the chance to vote on at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen and these discussions will be open
0: until the end of the song break between each topic. But first, last week we asked you the question, have you ever had a paranormal or supernatural experience? And as always, you guys have been sending in lots and lots of opinions. And I honestly can't tell you how excited I am to read (laughs) um, some of these out because I love all the uh, paranormal activity kind of uh, ideas and everything. So our first opinion comes in from Maisie and she says, I'm a big believer in the supernatural. I think that there must be something on the other side. It's the only way this earth makes sense to me. I also think that most of the homes I have lived in have been haunted. The one that I had the most experience in was something that everyone in our family heard, even my dad, who is a big non-believer at the time. The whole time we would hear the front door open and footsteps walk in, even when no one else was around and there was actually nobody walking into the house. It was creepy at first, but kind of comforting after a while to know that someone else is there looking over us. Well, Callum, would you uh, call the uh, ghostly footsteps walking into a house comforting? No, I'd call it freaking terrifying,
1: to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, Macy, you have a, a very different definition of comfort to what I do, but I I, I suppose I could see that maybe after a while, you, you kind of get used to uh, ghostly footsteps, and, and and they become part of the furniture, at least, although comforting, I think, sounds like a bit of a, a leak as it were, um, but no, it's a, uh, ghosts or, or really any supernatural experiences are not something I've ever really experienced. I mean, I I did used to say when I was younger that I'd seen um, my aunties or great great aunts uh, ghosts, but I'm I'm not sure whether or not. I mean, maybe my memory's failing me. But I'm not sure whether or not it was more for the fact that I could say. I'd seen a ghost rather than the fact I'd actually seen one. Um, Although I I will say that there was a a bit of a a freak thing with the same great aunt in that she, so she had very bad arthritis. um, And so she always used to wear like, um, I don't know what the word is for them, but basically supports for her hand. Um, And after she passed away, unfortunately, um, we uh, cleared out her entire house and got rid of all these cleaned out behind the radiator and everything and then my auntie moved into that house um, and over, around about six months later after she passed away she found behind the back of the radiator which was sure we had cleaned out she found one of these hand supports which was wow. was a bit freaky so you know maybe I did see this great aunt's ghost as well and,
0: Maybe she even
1: put it there. Who, who, who knows? Uh, George, what did you think of Maisie's opinion that?
0: Yeah, I, I, again, I'm not sure I would particularly call um a ghost ghostly footsteps comforting. But but when I was younger, in my first house that I grew up in, um, I. It was an old hospital when it was originally built during um, the World War One. And there was a nurse that was a ghost there. And uh, my mum often remembers me talking about this nurse that used to come and sit on the edge of my bed. And she used to hear me talking to it. Um, And also, so obviously, when I was that age, um, it must have been quite comforting for me. And it also did the same for my sister when she was younger. Um, And it used to quite obviously fancy my dad because whenever my mum went out she this ghost used to turn the uh, microwave on used to turn the oven on used to flick the lights on and off so yeah and I mean I must I do agree with Maisie that every house that I've lived in has always been haunted and I have always uh, had experience of uh, different um, supernatural paranormal activity in the house which is it's quite something and it, it at the time it scares me but once I think about it it absolutely fascinates me
1: yeah, yeah, no, it is a, a fascinating subject. It's not something that in my older age skepticism I necessarily so much believe in, but it is always interesting to hear people's stories nonetheless. Yeah. Talking of which, moving on to Jack's opinion, so, or Jack, Jack's story, I should say, uh, and he says, I don't know if this was just my mind playing tricks on me, but once I was in the car with my mum and we drove past a graveyard. That sounds pretty spooky already. Uh, <laughs> I'd heard rumours that the graveyard had some sort of paranormal activity and when we stopped at the traffic light right next to the graveyard I started feeling kind of sick and cold and I looked out into the graveyard and saw this man. He was pushing against a gravestone. He looked really weird, like transparent, like how they describe ghosts on paranormal shows. I blinked and he was gone. I also stopped feeling ill once we'd moved
0: on from the red light. So strange. George, what do you make of that? That's quite a harrowing wow. story, isn't it? I know, it? I'm, I'm sitting here, like, trying not to think about it, Christ. <laughs> um, I, I think it. I think, um, Jack makes a point in terms maybe not um, on purpose, but I think when we put ourselves in situations where we we drive past graveyards or we're, we're in a dark house, we our sen- senses and expectations probably rise. Yeah. So as such, we're, we're more prone to seeing things that we might not necessarily have seen or hearing things that we might not necessarily have seen. Um and I and I do think that definitely helps when it comes to potentially seeing ghosts or so on and so forth. I mean, Jack, I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just trying to make it a bit more um normalized because I don't want to not be able to go to sleep tonight. Um <laughs> so so yeah, I, I think that's probably part of the reason maybe that you had that that feeling of, of sickness and everything. But I mean, God, what a story. That is something to uh something to tell the grandkids one day, definitely. What what do you think, Adam? Have you ever driven past a graveyard and thought, Oh, Hello, there's a person there.
1: Well, I, I, uh, uh, not driven past, but um, I, I do remember um, that we went camping, me and me and the boys, before that. You, you lowered <laughs> yourself to us, George, <laughs> um, and, and, and we went camping um, down to Nicholas, Obviously, you'll you'll know that, George, our listeners don't have much clue. It's a it's a little village sort of thing, yeah. uh, and we went down to the the graveyard down there. Um, and we were really, like, we did almost make ourselves much more fearful because of, A, the fact we were in a graveyard, but also we were all, almost wanted something abnormal to happen. So I think what you're saying, George, is absolutely right, that there maybe is a sense of these places sometimes can make it seem like supernatural appearances. Appearances are occurring, or occurrences... Are occurring, to say occurring a lot, um, <laughs> <laughs> rather than maybe they're actually happening. Or maybe it's just that it makes us less skeptical
0: mm. of something that is actually happening. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Our next opinion comes in from Jenny and she says, I don't know if this was supernatural or my guardian angel, but either way, my supernatural experience is unusual. I was at home sleeping. Nobody else was in the house and I forgot to set my alarm for a GCSE exam that I had. I was about to oversleep when all of a sudden I heard my mother's voice as clear as day say, Jenny, get up now. I woke up immediately and just made it to the exam on time. My mum wasn't at home. I was home alone. So it was so creepy. Well, I mean, what? How lucky was she, Callum? Very lucky.
1: Although I, I think I know what's happened to Jenny. I think that, you, yeah, maybe you didn't set the alarm, but your mum went in, set the alarm, <laughs> recorded a voice note, and replaced that as the alarm ringtone, saying, <laughs> "Jenny, get up now." I think. I think that is absolutely what happened. Uh, No, I I mean, that does sound a very um, freaky thing, and and, and as you say, I don't know whether or not it's a a supernatural experience, but it certainly seems to point towards the kind of subconscious Mm. uh, that that we have, and and kind of how uh, our mind can almost play these supernatural, abnormal, paranormal kind of tricks on us that, that... actually act as as kind of like a guardian angel what did you think of that opinion george
0: yeah i mean i i must admit i've been in a situation where um my alarm's gone off or i haven't set my alarm but i've woken up um out of a dream when my alarm was supposed to go off and i and i do think there is sometimes like that that weird thing but at the same time i think sometimes there's that kind of that brain um i don't know working over time that kind of knows when you should be getting up and knows yeah. if, kind of slept over and because you you've already set yourself to panic because you've got a GCSE exam the next day you're already quite wary so I think maybe that might be an explanation for that but uh, but all the same there's nothing to say that it wasn't your guardian angel
1: yes absolutely
0: right okay so um, remember we will be announcing what the question will be for you to send in your opinions on at the end of tonight's show so make sure you're ready for that for the chance to be featured in this segment of next week's show um, we've reached the time for our first on-break, so we'll be back very soon.
1: Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. It's time to move on to our second discussion of this evening. and We are asking, will China overtake the United States as the world's biggest power? So this week uh, was the 70th anniversary of the foundation of the People's Republic of China. Uh, and with this, with this anniversary, uh, we think it's a great time to have a look back at China and have a look forward as well uh, and see what the predictions are for the future, for obviously what is now becoming or predicted to become one of the world's biggest powers. Uh, but China is a country not without its controversy, especially in the West, especially the United States. Uh, so with obviously the Hong Kong protests going on, uh, the spying allegations connected to Huawei, and I know I pronounced that wrong for sure. Uh, and then also just the general rise in GDP um, per person, but also the the general poor conditions and the poor human rights record that China has. In tandem with this massive economic rise that is undertaken, it certainly makes it a very uncertain future. But we're going to try and speculate today, and we're going to have a look and see whether or not that we think, and whether you, the listeners, think that China will actually overtake the UK, the US, uh, and become the world's biggest power. But before I go to you, lovely listeners, I've got to go to the slightly less lovely. Uh, That's literally copying one of your intros from last week, George. (laughs) Uh, The slightly less lovely George. Uh, So, George, do you think China will overtake the US as the world's biggest power?
0: Um. Well. I think if I was a betting man, I would probably say yes, but I would put a time limit on it um, because I think the China are expecting to do it probably around 2030 um, when they think they're going to become this massive power and be bigger than um, the USA in terms of the economy and things like that. China have been quite clever in terms of the way they've been progressing. I think their economy and things like that have been all kept quite quiet in terms of world news and everything. And they've been slowly plodding along. And as you rightly said, Callum, without, um, with, um, some quite controversial, uh, activities as well, but all the same, they, they have definitely been progressing to, to help their country grow as any country would want to see. Um, and I mean, it's of course, we would compare them to um, the U.S. because the U.S. currently is the biggest power. It's got the biggest um, economy. It's got the biggest spending on military. It's got the biggest spending in uh, digital it's, and, and, you know, so on, and so forth. Biggest population and everything. But China have definitely made some big steps, and I think they are definitely making big steps even more um for the future their spending on their military is going up and up and up um, their footfall for military soldiers are going up as well the um as i said they their pat they They think they're going to come to power, as it were, in in 2030. Um, And definitely the big place where China is at the forefront, even today, is at their technology. And I think that is what's really going to help them push them over the line to become this, the big power of the world. Um, But also, I think what's really interesting through all these studies is that in actual fact, because of policies with only being allowed to have one child and so on and so forth, um, China's population, is decreasing. And even so, they're still being able to have an increase of an economy, an increase um, in GDPR and so on and so forth. So I think it's really interesting to see that we, we're actually seeing an economy be able to grow with a shrinking population. But what what do you think, Adam? Do you think China will be the, uh, the one that we all try and compare to in, in the future? I think
1: looking at things now, it's entirely likely that that's the case. Um, you know, uh, I mean, as I mentioned in, in the introduction, the kind of GDP predictions uh, and the kind of overall output of, of countries, the, the predictions are that China will outstrip the US soon. Um, uh, and so based upon that, you, you'd say that is quite a qualifier for being the world's biggest power. I think another big thing that China is doing Um, is doing essentially what the West, and when I say the West, I mean more like the old colonial empire, so the Portuguese empire, the British empire, um, Spanish empire, possibly in the French empire. Um, And China is doing what those countries did to China back in kind of the late 1800s, early 1900s, now that's doing that to Africa in in many senses. So so back at that time, um, these colonial empires would um, almost force China to or Chinese cities to only trade with uh, with these these empires and and to give them a much more of a monopoly on these resources to a view of then taking tiny bits of territory from from these these places but obviously really crucial strategic points and although China's not quite going to that extent in in, in what it's doing it is um, offering uh, money to to Africa to to build a lot of its infrastructure in return to access to it a lot of its natural resources um, in order to ensure that they continue China, or China's growth continues um, despite the fact that as you say there's, a, there's maybe a shrinking population now, but also shrinking resources as well because obviously we know that resources especially fossil fuels they are not unlimited and they mm. do run out eventually which is something that the West had to face and was part of the kind of rise of um, colonialism or certainly the acceleration yeah. Of that, um, so so I think it, it's very interesting to see that, and, and it does suggest that that China will go that way. Of obviously, before the United States, the British Empire was probably the the biggest country in the world. Mm,
0: yeah, um, absolutely, uh,
1: and and so China very much of going along that route to how the British Empire got there. Yeah. Um, but I think the the trouble that it faces. Um, is what a lot of these states faced in in their rise, in that with this increased wealth, with this increased GDP, um, it's meaning that they're having to educate their population a lot more, their population's accumulating a lot more wealth, and this becomes a double-edged sword because all of these um, growth in their living standards means that they start to expect more improvements to living standards they expect more human rights and quite often um by educating the country a lot more and by giving them a lot more wealth and a lot more aspiration it means that they have more aspirations for from their government for Mm. for a democratic system and and obviously in china currently we we only see and not the most democratic society in in the world, uh, yeah. and we, we've certainly seen in history that that China has got a, a, a revolutionary spirit. Obviously, part of the Chinese Civil War that that brought about the People's Republic of China, but also um, in the history of the PRC, uh, we've seen the Tiananmen Square incident, um, where protests, you know, came relatively close to toppling the government. It certainly meant. There was a massive seismic change in the policies that the government carried out. Um, so we certainly could see that as a kind of downside for for why China won't overtake the US because there might be a big change to come as such in, in the system yeah. that they have. And, and there's, of course, also, there's some regional minorities in there like Tibet, um, which would want to break away and suddenly... If you see lots of your main land breaking away, it, it creates a lot of issues.
0: Mm, no, absolutely, and I and I think also what what's interesting around this as well is that when you build such a big economy and your economy is thriving I think it's always very easy to forget about the hard days and forget about how to keep a reserve pot ready I'm not saying that China aren't doing this but this is one of the first times that China has been able to really create a big 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 impact on on the world and have the chance of being the big power within the world Um, and I I think that they've got to realise as Callum rightly points out um, that there are quite a few things that that could go wrong and as you go higher and higher up this economic um, power mountain it means it's even easier for you to fall off it Um, and there are so many things that could go wrong and I I do believe that that is always something that can cripple an economy so easily is that you can be flying high but if the wind changes then you can plummet straight to the ground and you've got to be prepared for that you can't just always rely on your economy being ever more growing. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and what, one other thing that we've maybe not discussed so much that's really important to this question is the U.S. as well.
0: Yes, um, so we,
1: true. so we're presuming that the U.S. isn't going to, you know, expand anymore. It's not going to to grow a lot or have a, have a really big upturn in economic fortune. Um, I, I think it's perfectly possible because. The Western economies at the, at the moment, really since the, since the credit crunch and the, the financial crash, I don't really think that the Western economies have, have really started to get going again. Um, and so the reason why it seems like China is going to overtake the US a lot quicker than maybe it will do um, is because of the fact that the US economy and the, the wider Western economy hasn't maybe been as performing to the kind of optimal level that perhaps it can do.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I think that is really important. Obviously, we've got the presidential elections coming up and um, as much as people might be critical of um, Donald Trump, there is no way we can argue that he hasn't um, seen the economy grow underneath his premiership. Um, And it will be interesting to see who next gets in, because that will have a big effect on how the economy grows within America
1: yeah definitely will do uh, right then we've uh, reached the time for our second song break of this evening but remember to vote on this poll. will China overtake the US as the world's biggest power you can do that at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen and we'll be back very soon Hello and welcome back to, to be discussed. So before the we break we'll ask the question, will China overtake the US as the world's biggest power? And to find out the results to that poll, head over
0: to our Twitter page, that's at Wiz Radio. Um, But it is now time to move on to our third discussion of this evening. And we're asking the question, which of these party policies is your favourite? So it has got to that time of year again when we are having our party conferences. We've seen Labour's. We've seen uh, the Tories is currently going on. And the Lib Dems already happened. I mean, both Labour and um, the Lib Dems happened in Brighton. Interesting uh, tactic there. Maybe maybe they're sharing costs. Who knows? Um, (laughs) But as always, in the light of potentially a general election coming up, we are seeing the party conferences announce all different kinds of policies for them to put on their new manifesto um, to potentially fight an election with. But Callum and I have had a look at the um, policies that have been announced so far and we have put four down for you guys to vote on which you think is your favourite now what we are going to do though, we're not going to tell you which party has announced those policies so because we don't want you to try and sway on certain things just because one party has said it we want you to actually just vote on these policies themselves and I will announce which parties um, have uh, announced these policies after you guys have voted but the favorite policies you can vote from are rise of the minimum wage to £10.50 an hour, abolish private schools, reduce the Home Secretary's powers around deportation or abolish HS2 and before we uh, fire it off to um, our listeners I have to ask Mr Gurr so Mr Gurr out of those what one are you going to fire away for? Well, um, it's a it's a very difficult
1: one because I I think actually all of those policies are pretty damn good, truthfully. Well, um, you know I think HS two is probably the one that I'm most sceptical around, although I I do have reservations around private schools as well, uh, abolishing them rather. Um, but I think HS two. It's obviously a very controversial one, um, but I do think that ultimately the, the mark of a, uh, a modern society is having the best transport links possible. Uh, and so possibly HS2 is, is a good thing, but I also can see the fact that it's still a very London-centric way of looking at things, HS2, um, and that possibly the, the, the better use of that money would be to actually link up um, some of the more forgotten cities in the north. But also, if if we look in Wales, yet it takes longer um, to go, if you were going from, say, Cardiff up to Aberystwyth, so from south to north Wales, you would be quicker to go back into England and then back up towards north Wales than you would be to go just straight through Wales. I mean... That to me is completely wrong. So therefore, you you could argue that HS 2s money would be better spent on that, and I can can see the logic behind that policy based upon that. Um, but I think probably realistically, the um, the policy that is going to benefit the most number of people is actually the uh, raising the minimum wage to ten pounds fifty <laughs> an hour. Of of course, that is going to make a massive difference to a lot of people. My biggest concern with that, though, is that, obviously, with Brexit and potentially a hard, uh, sorry, no deal Brexit coming up, can businesses afford another change, even if it is uh, a, a few years down the line? It's going to take quite a while to potentially recover from a No Deal Brexit, or at least get used to the new practicalities of, of that. So, therefore, there there is a, a a potential issue with raising the minimum wage to ten pound fifty an hour, and, and possibly it's it's using magic money tricks to, to finance it, playing devil's advocate. Though, uh, George, what 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 do you think? Which which of these new policies is your favourite?
0: Um well I'm going to start with the one which is my least favorite which is um, abolishing private schools okay. I think personally I think it's 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 something that is just being played as a party stance and I and I don't actually think that the people that are uh, wishing it actually believe in it um because I I do think private schools do bring quite yes I know they create um uh, posh groups of people and it's it's an education for the rich but at the same time it's an education that brings in a lot of money for our country and it produces a lot of money that can be spent back into our own um state schools is that it the... in, yeah
1: so we in, in what
0: we... sense so a lot of a lot of private schools have to pay um I can't remember the name of it but there there is a certain it's not a taxation but there is a certain amount of money that they have to pay back to the government Okay. And and through that, that is how the government can put it back into um, state schools. Uh, uh, and I don't believe that we should be abolishing private schools. Um, I think abolishing HS2 is not potentially the best idea going. I think it's... Um, it's a good idea to try and link up the north part of England to London. Yes, I know it is quite a, Len- uh, a London visualised project, but I do believe that HS2 does have the benefits of making sure that the north has that connection to London. And then London, because London is a hub where people can travel from, especially down to the southeast where Callum and I are from. Um And I do think that the government is doing the right thing around keeping it on um Uh, our our manifesto the conservative manifesto um but ultimately my favorite probably has got to be the rise of the minimum wage you know this is something that will um help a lot of people out it 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 will potentially raise um the income for over four million people um and it will Means that people who are in full time, uh, full time workers will have a pay rise of just over four thousand pounds, which I think is incredible. Um, and also with uh, more pay, it does give incentive for. And um, people to go to work and everything a lot more. But Callum is absolutely right to point out the, um, the obvious when it comes around to expecting businesses to pay more. It is the fact that businesses have to obviously have that turnover and have to have that profit to ensure that they can support their, um, employers so they can pay that amount of money to them and also you know with Brexit on the horizon we might be asking too much of our businesses to say look you've got to go through um, a no-deal Brexit and you've also got to put your pay pay slips up and I I don't think businesses will be able to cope and and in effect we could see it collapse in on itself it's a lovely idea but I think in in the long run we should definitely plan it out a lot more and, and i know that the 10 10 pound 50 an hour won't be phased in until around um 2024 i think it is um so so yeah for me overall i do think that um rising the minimum wage is a definite le- winner for me um i mean i'm not even going to comment around reducing home secretary powers because i just i think that's a bizarre one personally um the home secretary has the powers for a certain reason um, and they are right to be making those decisions. And they are advised in that position as well. It's not just him sitting in a room or him or her sitting in a room just saying, yes, get rid of them. Um, they have a massive team around them that, that makes those decisions with them. But I mean, what if, if you um if you could have one policy that the Lib Dems could have, what would, what would it be? As in out of this? No, no, no.
1: As in anything. <laughs> um, I'm like a uh, broken record judge. <laughs> I know um, what you're going say. <laughs> universal basic income. Absolutely. Um, which I will say, because it's not one of the policies on that, um, the, the Dem conference did agree to trials in universal basic income, which is a, a step forward, but they haven't actually completely adopted it yet. As it goes, I think the Green Party might be the only party that have actually adopted it, and they are actually currently undertaking trials, I believe, of it in Scotland as well. So the SNP presumably are broadly in favour or at least receptive to the idea. Um, what about you, George? Then what what would be a policy you'd like to see? Oh gosh,
0: um, wow! Uh, probably I'm I'm just gonna. Six, stick to maybe my guns and say a points um, immigration system there you go ah, okay. Con- controversial
1: very interesting uh, <laughs> very interesting and uh, I was just um, having a little think as well and I, I think obviously we, we haven't really got time to get into the ins and outs of the private school debate but I think that's definitely uh, one to watch and, and we will uh, we will return to that topic in due course listeners
0: we, we will indeed and Callum which one of these policies do you think our lovely listeners will uh, pick to be their favorite
1: um I think the least controversial one's the rise in the minimum wage, so it's so that one for for sure. What about you?
0: um yeah, I'm going to go for that one as well, but we will wait and see Who doesn't want more pay? that's yeah, well, very true, actually. It's very, very true. Um, right. OK, everyone. So remember, you can vote on this question. Which of these new party policies is your favourite? And the options are rise of minimum wage to £10.50 an hour, abolish private schools, reduce the home secretary powers around deportation or abolish HS2. And you can do that with a, a code UK for citizen. And we'll be back very soon. Hello and welcome back. So before that break, we asked the question, which of these new party policies is your favourite? And to find out the results of that, please go to our Twitter page, that's at WizRadio. But as promised, before uh, we go on to the next topic, I will announce which parties are backing which policies. So the Conservatives are backing the rise of minimum wage to £10.50 an hour. Um, The Labour, no surprise, are backing abolished private schools. Um, The Liberal Democrats are backing the... to reduce the Home Secretary powers around deportation and the Brexit Party are um, wanting to abolish HS2. So I wonder if now you're sitting there thinking after you voted whether you would have voted differently. Now you know the parties.
1: Yeah, I can just imagine someone who's a really big fan of Corbyn being like, God, I just voted for the Tories by accident. Or someone that's a massive Remainer just voted for the Brexit Party. Yes, (laughs) yeah. God, find me. Just fine me. It's fine to do that, just to we joke, but it is obviously fine to uh, to back certain policies of other parties. It's, oh, it's healthy for for uh, for discourse anyway. Yes. Uh, right then, um, we've moved on to our final discussion of this evening, and we are asking, would you want to become famous? So I don't really think it needs much of an introduction. So,
0: so George, would you want to be the next David Beckham? Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure that's what becoming famous is. But uh, <laughs> I, when I think of being famous, it's not for the reasons of my football skills, because it definitely wouldn't be that. Yeah, that's a fair point. I've seen you play. Yeah, and it's better than you. Um, so <laughs> oh, yeah, the, <laughs> I I, to be honest with you, I think I'm saying I already am famous. So because um, you're a counsellor, blimey. Well, oh, no, I'm you? a counselor. I've got my own radio show. Um, I've got, I've got over 500 followers on Twitter. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Man. I I'm amazed I
1: don't have a blue tick next to my name. I mean, in all fairness, I'm pretty sure that people have been in Big Brother, for this, so <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's very true. But on a serious note, I I I don't know if I would like to be famous in terms of being like a personality celebrity, like um whatever her name is, Katie Price. I don't think I could do that. Um, I I think it would, God, I can't think of anything worse. But potentially becoming famous in terms of being a big political figure, being a political critic or something like that, I definitely wouldn't mind being famous in terms of that line. I mean, I know most people wouldn't say that that's an A-list celebrity, but definitely maybe a P-list celebrity for politics. Um, But I, I definitely think, yeah, If I was to become famous, I would hope that it would be for my work in terms of politics and and being able to to help my constituents and hopefully becoming Home Secretary one day. Um, But how about you, Callum? I know, you know, you uh, potentially maybe want to be the next Laura Kroonsberg. So are you going to be famous for that?
1: I I wouldn't mind it, to be fair. (laughs) Um, So I guess that answers the question. I I would... um, want to become famous, uh, as you say. Something in like journalism would be brilliant. And I'll always look back fondly on my time on uh, Wizard Radio for, for helping me on my way to that. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, elephant in the room is that there are some big downsides to being famous. I mean, taking the, the, the Laura Kinsberg, um example, that yeah. lady, as you've said before, she never sleeps. I don't I I take my hat off to her. Yeah, so I mean she's a she's a someone who deserves to be famous and Yeah. I, I actually think though that that brings on to a very interesting question, which is do you think there's some people that don't actually deserve
0: to be famous? Ah, uh, well. Um I definitely think there are. I'm not gonna sit here and really name people. Oh um, good but i I do think there are people that are only in that situation because of uh muck ups that they've had in their in their past or certain um things that they've put on their bodies and certain things that they've made bigger on their bodies as well. Um So I, I definitely think there are people that are like, you don't deserve that, that platform and you don't deserve for those fans to be listening to what you are doing. Because at the end of the day, the people that are famous are influential and they should be influencing their audience in the right way. And I unfortunately think a lot of celebrities that shouldn't be there or are there in a way of accidents, um, are influencing their audiences in wrong ways. I mean, go on then, Callum. I'm going to let you uh, name them at your own risk. <laughs> well, I'm not
1: going to name specific people, go obviously. On. Because well, I can't think of people off the top of my head, in all fairness. Callum, I'm uh, yeah, oh, sorry. Well, I'm not famous, George <laughs> Christ. Um, <laughs> but I do think that basically anyone that's ever been on the only way is Essex, Geordie Shore, anything like that, don't deserve to be famous. Yeah. Um, However, I will say that there are certain people from that that are, in a sense, I'm going to contradict myself and say they, in, they do deserve to be famous because they've got um, either a a good business brain in a sense, um, or more likely they've got a certain charisma that actually makes them a, a really good personality. Person that comes to my mind with that is um, Ryder. Although I've just realised he was in the X Factor, wasn't he? Not on the Only Way As Essex. Yeah, he wasn't the X
0: Factor. Um, I mean, but but again, that anyway. it yeah.
1: does lead on to people that maybe if they're not actually a good singer, why should they be famous? But I do love Cheeto, so I will <laughs> actually say a bad thing about them. But also, I think there are certain people, certain influencers on social media that don't really deserve to be famous because. Mm-hmm. Um, the minute that kind of money's come along, they've lost all of the authenticity on their channel. And now it's just literally um, a, a marketing channel. Um, but I think a lot of people aren't really aware of, of the fact that really what we're now seeing is quite sophisticated advertising. Yeah, yeah no, um, absolutely. From influencers. So, so I'd say in those senses that those are the kind of people that maybe don't deserve to be famous but i can't think of anyone specifically would you i i know you've said no but i'll push again you know the trainee journalist within me <laughs> is, is there not anyone you could name george
0: i and i would give the typical mp answer and say there are many but not for any for me to to mention okay. the names of um, um but i would just like to quickly say yeah. that i've Picked up on what you've been saying, Callum, uh, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are actually quite heartbroken from what you've said. Um, you said that you would be very grateful for what was the radio's done for you. So you're obviously saying that one day the show's going to come to an end. I mean, <laughs> I was having my fingers crossed that one day we would be having our 50th anniversary, but apparently not. No, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna carry
1: on. To it. That was the whole reason
0: why we we went over to to
1: be discussed because obviously. If we were, like, 80 and hosting Teenscope, we, we couldn't carry on doing that. <laughs> but we've secured our long-term future with Wizard Radio. Absolutely. Through the change... Oh, well, not the change of name, but the, the new show. Yeah. So, um, you're welcome, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> right, then, on that lovely note, uh, we've reached the time to um, go to our next song break. Um, but don't forget to vote on this part. Would you want to become famous? You can do that at wizardradio.co.uk. Okay us listen and we'll be back very soon. Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. So before the break we ask the question, would you want to become famous? And to find out the results to that poll, head over to our Twitter page that is at radio Right then, we've had to reach the time to end this evening's show, so thanks very much for
0: listening, this will be discussed with Cup and Dirt. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so as mentioned earlier for the first segment of next week's show we want you to send in your political questions that you want Callum and I to answer and you can do that by sending us an email to station at wizardradio.co.uk or through twitter that's at wizardradio and remember we want you to send in your political questions that you want Callum and I to answer and as always we are very very much looking forward to uh, seeing those questions and um, at the Potentially, Callum and I having a cheeky debate over them, (laughs) uh, depending whether we agree or not. But it is now time for Callum and I to be leaving. So, as always, I have been the wannabe home secretary with all my powers, George Lawrence Cup, and I've been the wannabe for Callum
1: Gert. Thanks very (laughs) much for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week for another episode to be discussed. Goodbye, guys. Ciao for now.